Hello, everyone. I'm here in northern Wisconsin in a little cabin, um, having a little getaway with my friend Sally Bowker. She's an old, dear friend I've known for many years, and, and originally as a painter for many years, decades. And in recent years, she's turned to um, photography in a very serious way. And so we're going to talk about Sally's journey and um, her thoughts about the various things she does with her art. So welcome, Sally. Thank you, Rebecca. Hi, everyone. <laughs> so um, because, uh, as I said, I've known you for a long time as a, as a painter, tell us a little bit about the journey you took from uh, early on. I understand you started out with photography. Um, as a child, what, 10, 11 years old, I had a brownie camera. And this is common with lots of photographers. You hear about their childhood cameras. And I would get those big blue flash bulbs as oh, yeah. birth, birthday gifts, you know, the ones that <laughs> I remember you can't those. <laughs> see. Um, and I took photos and I would put them in photo scrapbooks with funny titles under them. And I just, I kept doing that. Um, I was looking for something. I didn't know what. I, I knew I was going to do something um, with my life that was centered on the question that developed when I was about 13 years old, and my parents had a cabin on a reservoir lake in central Wisconsin. Reservoir meaning it was made out of uh, flooding of right. the Wisconsin River. And so there were dead trees sticking up and roots sticking oh. out. And it was lovely. I mean, to a, to a kid, I loved it. And I'd see these, I remember seeing these roots of shrubs just coming out of the sand bank and thinking, what do I do with this? Uh-huh. And I didn't know at 13. It was the 1950s. There weren't a lot of references or things to do. Right. So I just carried that question with me. And then uh, in later years, I married. My husband was an art student, and that became my education. And oh. when he went to graduate school, I started taking photography classes. I'd been doing photography. We'd saved up for a 35-millimeter camera. And so I, I was able to just step in. I had an undergraduate degree in another field in sociology. I was able to step into the art department's photography classes and learn the darkroom and, uh -huh. and do, and, um, do all of that. So that started me on photography and I had my own darkroom at home. Uh, but then as the years went on, we decided to, Go back to the land. You know, a very popular thing in the right. in the early seventies, and we had land, and we knew we were going to be living without electricity and running water. So I knew the dark room was going to be phased oh, out. See. So oh, I, I wouldn't see. have that. And I had been interested in weaving too. I used to walk through the the weaving department at Northern Illinois, um, where my husband had gone to grad school in in painting and i just marveled at the big looms and the lines of oh, yeah. you know just yarn on the wall like a rain, rainbow colors um so i i switched from photography to um to weaving at that time it was both what i wanted to do and it was sort of practical so i did weaving and spinning and that got me to a point where i knew i needed a design course and a drawing course to draw out ideas because mm -hmm. I, I would gravitated towards tapestry. So uh, the local university was the University of Wisconsin Stout, and I took 
a basic design course, and that went well. And I took a drawing course, and that went well. And I took another one and another one. And I realized I'd passed my original goal. And I was uh-huh. taking a painting class. I was no longer weaving. I had just morphed into the art curriculum. Yeah. And I was taking painting and drawing and painting and drawing and everything else you had to take. And I ended up with a second bachelor's degree in, in, um, in art. And I went on to grad school. I went to the University of Iowa and got my master's and my master of fine arts. And I really do like school. I should say, I should say that, that I, I, yeah, we can hear that. I I mean, in the way you talk about it. So when you were in, um, in college and taking these other courses, did you, um, did photography fall by the wayside? Are we still doing it or had you really shifted your focus at that point? I always continued some, I think black and white photography, in a great part, formed my aesthetic. Oh, I see. I love the nuances of the tones and the values, the atmosphere it created. I was looking at, you know, old photographs, well, not so old then, but Alfred Stieglitz and Steichen and turn of the century on up. And I was, I would remained attached to them. And even though I didn't have a darkroom, over the years, I worked with pinhole cameras, and Polaroid cameras, and the Holga camera, which had a um, um, plastic lens. So I did keep in touch. Oh, that, that's, it's so interesting the way that your different um, ways of expression have, have uh, you know, interacted over the years. I mean, when you, when you talk about, well, it's kind of a core aesthetic. Like you said, the, the black and white photography brought you into an appreciation or allowed you to express appreciation of the value contrast and delicacy of line and that sort of thing. So then you're doing drawing and painting and you, you know, it's the kind of, I'm always interested in what is kind of core to people over the years. And, and when people express it in different media, it's so interesting. And I think, um, you know, looking back at your years of experience, how it's come out in different ways, but there is a continuity and it's very interesting. Even the weaving is um, somewhat linear, you know, when you think mm-hmm, about the, mm-hmm. the threads going in and out and so on. So this kind of um, appreciation of those certain visual elements coming back over and over in different forms is really interesting. What's been um, part of that con- continuity is that I did not start out as an art kid mm-hmm. with, with any talent or any interest in art. I'd learned that just by work, by my interest in art and a drive to do it, I gained the uh, ability to do it. So um, I needed materials, and I knew this, I wanted this, that were very for forgiving. Uh-huh. I didn't work in pastel. I didn't work in watercolor. I worked in oil. I worked in, in painting, um, drawing mediums that I could, you know, like charcoal that I could just get, do something. It was flex- flexible to me, yeah. and I worked with... Um, like fluid acrylics on top of charcoal, just things like I could keep changing yeah. or scraping or getting rid of or putting something over. That was very important because yeah. I I wasn't a fast. Well, you were you were allowing so, your your expression to come through without interference yeah, from yeah. the medium. You found the media that worked with your ideas, so uh, that's another you know important right. thing to do. Right, and then the other thing that was central to everything was drawing. I found that. Drawing was the most important um, 
aspect of art for me. And it certainly has continued into, into photography because in drawing, you have the page and it's all about the page. And really, you're just orchestrating what you put on the page, yeah. you know, the, the shapes and the, uh, the lines and the direction. But you have to be so aware of where things enter the page and where they exit the page and how fast a line is or how slow a line is, mm-hmm. um, how you, Keep the eye moving so that nothing interferes. What's in the way? How much do, yeah. how much do you need? That's in everything. And you learn it in drawing. You learn to observe and really be aware of that, become sensitive in drawing. Painting actually became more about drawing as I went on. And I, I wanted to work with things that were the most fluid. And I changed from oil to fluid acrylic. Uh-huh. So I could work on paper with charcoal and paint and whatever I whatever I wanted. And then and then there came to be a period in my life in the early aughts, I guess, of this century, when everything was happening at, at once. When uh when my husband had cancer, my mother was gaining d- 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 dementia uh, we were retiring, we were moving, we were building. <laughs> oh, gosh, yeah. And the the painting, I did not have the 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 mind to just oh. just work through a painting and just see where it was leading. I needed something different. And so I just started working more with mixed media mm-hmm. and pulling together um pulling together fabrics and paint and um photographs and sort of collage. Yeah. You know, they didn't go into anything serious. And I felt very bad that I wasn't painting because I love painting. I mean, I just love the whole, the whole story and romance and the, the journey of it. And I know I never told you I wasn't painting. And at one time, I <laughs> don't th- tell Rebecca, you're not painting. No, no, but I told you what I was doing. You know, <laughs> right, I didn't right. tell you, and you presumed what, I mean, uh, what, what does one do? You know? Well, but to me, it would be natural to, I think, like you've you seem like you've always been a person that that sort of follows the next step. And if the next step was this mixed media and collage, I mean, I was going to totally accept that and not say, well, what about your painting? You know, but perhaps some inner voice is saying that to you. Oh, completely so. I think I'm I'm overloaded on loyalty, and and that creates doubt to all the people who had put so much attention and so much you know effort in, into my to my work, um, ah. my education over the years. And I didn't see, I felt like I was turning my back on that. I, I didn't see. understand I was bringing it all with me. Yeah. And then it focused more on uh, textiles. And I found people to learn with who who were artists and, and who talked about like textiles in a mark-making way. Right. So I, I remember the pieces that were, the stitches were lines. Yeah. They were creating yeah. images with stitching and so interesting. And yeah. I would I paint on, on the fabric and then I would bring out things with the stitching and then I'd applique other things. It was, it was very um, time-consuming and very wonderful. I didn't feel it was very deep. I mean, uh-huh. I didn't see... People suddenly were telling me how exquisite my work is and elegant. I thought, I've never done exquisite work. It's been strong or a little edgy or uncomfortable, uh-huh. but not exquisite. So I thought, I'm not using this medium writer. Did you feel think, it was too pretty somehow or too decorative? Or I mean, I didn't feel that way about it no, when I saw it, it but it sounds like maybe you're when saying I, that. When I see it now, 
I, I, I think it was just such a change for me. Uh-huh. And I think I was maybe done with the other. Yeah. But you don't know when you're right in the midst of it. Yeah. So some of your, your subjects I remember from when you were painting were, um, dying flowers and bare trees. And, and there was a kind of, there was a melancholy to them mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. kind of dark backgrounds. Gorgeous. I have a big one in my living room. Yeah. Um, and so maybe these fabric pieces were missing that emotional content for you? I think so, com- completely. Uh, but I was going on, I was entering them in exhibits, and I was in this, um, uh, had a feature portrayed in this uh, beautiful book, um, Art Quilts of the Midwest. Mm. And then, it's, somehow it's embarrassing, but it, it shouldn't be, because then about the same time that book was coming out, I saw a listing for a workshop in a local um, workshop center that had opened near us, and I was just interested in what they were doing. And this workshop was called, it was in photography, it was called Mindful Monochrome. Mm-hmm. I thought they're working with black and white in this mindful, meditative way. Yeah. I was on it. It's I mean, you. I just did, <laughs> and it wasn't, wasn't going to be for another 14 months. So I contacted the um, the photographer, Suzanne Rose, who lived, lives in Wisconsin and was teaching it. And we corresponded and I signed up for one she was having in Door County at about three months later. And you needed, and I was just, I was just in it. And you needed a, a portfolio to bring to introduce yourself. Yeah. That's common in, in photography. And, and so I took my camera that I had and I went out to produce a portfolio. I mean, I just, didn't give a thought to how hard that was or anything. I was just so excited about oh, it. Yeah. And a friend had given me an, an old Epson printer uh-huh. that he had so I could print off my black and white photos. And and I was on my way. I had Photoshop elements on my um, laptop. Uh-huh. So I was on my way and I went to this workshop and I thought I knew a few things about Photoshop and yeah. I I knew I knew nothing. And <laughs> and I couldn't and I couldn't find, she'd showed us things on this large screen and, you know, where the cursor was moving and what, what she was doing. I couldn't find the cursor. I would be looking and looking. I'd miss what she was saying and trying to take notes and look for the little, the little uh-huh. moving, moving mark. Um, and finally on the third day of the workshop, I just went and sat behind her over her shoulder. Uh-huh. And that, then I could see everything on her oh, I laptop. See. And then I thought, oh, it just, Suddenly things, you know, some things started to be clear. And you but did, you saw the potential for Photoshop then, right, in that workshop? Or was that just part of it? I of saw. Taken for granted. It was taken for granted to, to use it. Yes. And I saw the potential in her work, uh-huh. uh, which also worked with nature, which worked with, with what I had. Yeah. So I saw there was an ad, um aspect of depth in that that I saw what could be what right. could be captured and that you didn't need a, a wet dark room uh-huh. to do and then I took a couple more workshops with her within a year and it did not all sink in there were some things I did because this is I was told this is how you do this particular process yeah. and I liked I liked what it did but I didn't understand it and then in a few months, I just have this re- realization of, oh, you do this because it sets this up. You know, just an understanding yeah. of what it meant. You know, when we, we were talking last night about some things about your um, your journey with art, and I, 
I mean, I've always been so impressed that after a long career in all these other things, um, that, you know, technolo- you're, you're entering this te- very technical field of Photoshop and photo manipulation. And it's, it would seem daunting to many people to say, uh, oh, actually, photography is much more technical these days than what you had experienced in the past. And, I mean, you knew the darkroom and everything, but now you're in a new age, digital age, digital camera, Photoshop, and you're just taking it on. And you did say, uh, well, I didn't really know what I was getting into, <laughs> which right. I think that story kind of illustrates. Um, but you, but you didn't run away. I mean, you said, okay, well, we're going to take this step by step. And at this point, you know, you've, it seems to me you've mastered so many things so that when you describe your work now, and we'll put some of these images on, online so everyone can see, um, the delicacy and the amazing uh, depth of your work and, uh, is a result of you, the way you put it is working in Photoshop is like working in drawing, which mm-hmm. again ties back, comes back to those central mm-hmm. themes. So, um, Talk a little bit about that, maybe. The From the very first, what I had going for me was an understanding of the page, that this is basically um, this is basically a piece of paper because I print all of my images. They don't exist only online. They're, mm-hmm. they're all printed. Um, and it's a piece of paper that you are filling up in, in the camera screen. And I understood that. Yeah. Um, so... And then, and then what I learned from, from Su- Suzanne, who also had an art, art, came to photography through an art ba- background, was that, you know, you could work with every, every pixel, but, you know, like every, every square inch. And when I was taught drawing, it was always emphasized that you needed to attend to every inch yes. of your drawing. It may not have anything on it, but that had to be intentional. Mm-hmm. That it was just and so you could do the same thing with with photography uh-huh. and and you could if you needed to um soften a line just like you would with an eraser or something. There are tools to do to do yeah. that, to do it different. If you needed to um clean up the edges a lot. And I remembered how in painting Towards the end of a painting, you'd get rid of everything, every little edit, ed, and and especially on the edges, get mm-hmm. rid of little little touches of things, and how it would just bring everything in. So right. it often it coalesce the the work. Get rid of the distractions. And yeah, and you do that. You do exactly the same thing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, in in photography, and you have to be careful not to edit the life out of it. Uh-huh. Um, but. Since you are working in these layers that you click on and off, each adjustment that you make has its own little layer. And if you go up and you realize, oh, that's too much on that, you can just go back and unclick it, do it again, <laughs> adjust it. It's it's really it's really it's like magic. magic magic drawing. Yeah, yeah, it, it is, and, and you can work you can work quite quite quickly, like you can with, with with a brush, and you know you have a brush in one hand and a cloth in the other, and you're yeah. just sort of working back and forth. You can have that feeling. And it's, it's so interesting because I think if, if you're not a photographer or you don't work in Photoshop, from my perspective, before I talked to you about all this, I kind of thought Photoshop, that's like cheating somehow. You know, I mean, I was pretty ignorant about it. But when you, the first time I looked at this new work and you were talking about just what you just said, this kind of, um, drawing attitude and, 
it's the same as, you know, erasing something or, you know, um, darkening something or whatever it is. And it really made me think about it differently because there's this whole level of expertise in that manipulation that, yes, you're using a computer, whatever, a computer program, but it's your aesthetic. It's just another tool for your aesthetic. And I think what's coming through is so, so rich, you know, the, and I don't think it's even going to show up online when we put these photos, but in person, they're printed on lovely paper and they are just captivating. Thank you. And I wonder if you could talk a bit about what you photograph. What's the content? What's the, um, you know, what do you look for? What I'm photographing now, it's, it's always been nature. It's always been outside. And I am working with the woods around our home and the, the pathways and just, um, the experience of being in the woods. Uh-huh. So I'm working with, um, they're, they're representational. I mean, you'll see the woods, but they're, they're, they're in, intimate landscapes. Yeah. Uh, they aren't the, the grand vistas. My work has never dealt with that. It's always been about the things that you walk past all yeah. the time. Yeah. The, the small things that if you look at them, yes, that's lovely. Um, and, but you, you pass by on your way to, you know, the, <laughs> well, one of the, the things, vista. you know, when yeah. I've described your work to other people, one of the things I've said is, you take the most ordinary things in the woods. Nothing is really ordinary, right? Yeah. But, you know, like you just said, you take something that you could pass by without a second thought and you make the viewer look at it in a whole new way. And so it's, it's interesting for me because I, I look for my ideas and my, you know, what feeds my work is, is different places. It's not home necessarily. <laughs> it's, you know, Ireland or whatever. But when you, you just walk, outside go in your woods and you find so much there to work with and i i just think it's it's really intriguing to me what you do uh i i think it's really wonderful that i have an art form that starts with an act of joy uh-huh. i just go out you know i put my i just fill my pockets with my equipment or put my backpack on and i just go out and i spend usually in an hour and a half i'm pretty tired but i'm just I'm just wandering and, and finding things and then working with, with that and, yes. then, and then meandering on. And it just depends on the light and the day. There are things that I have found, um, because the light was just shining just so. And I've, I've worked with it as, as a photo and I've, I've gotten it. And then I want to show someone else this is what it was, and I cannot find it. Uh-huh. I've walked right by it. Yes. You know, it just looks bland in another, Flat light. Yes. It's just how the light is coming through, or if it's raining, mm-hmm. and, and other ones that I, you know, the grass grows up higher or something, and I can't find them later. So it really is something that is right there and mm-hmm. and to to be seen. It's it feels like an act of grace. Sometimes I, I love to see I love it. that act of joy, act of grace, and it, it reminds me of of being a child when you're you're just out wandering around, like you know, kicking stones around or whatever, and you're looking at things and, and you see little worlds and you, it's just, it's just kind of wondering attitude or, or awesome. It's awesome, mm-hmm. you know, in, in the best sense of the word, when you really look closely at what's there. And, um, I think that, that sense of, um, attention to detail and pleasure is there as well as, as I mentioned, there is, there is a mood. There is an, sometimes they're very, um, kind of dreamy 
uh, atmospheric, almost foggy, other times rather dark and mysterious. But there's always, to me, when I look at them, always an emotional content to the work beyond I'm taking a picture of some weeds or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, um, and that, you know, that's, again, it's just your, your life as an artist coming through. Um, same thing would have come up in other things that you've done. The aspect that, that gives them a different em- emotion or feeling is that they are taken in fog or they are taken in the evening. Sure. They are taken in rain so that the atmosphere is is coming through, and then I work with that. Uh, but you so look for those situations. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. If I if I can get some, it's doing the weather is doing something. It's yes. the very best time. Yes, and even it's, here we're at this cabin on a lovely lake with a little inlet that's got a beaver dam in it and everything. And I know you're eager to get out there because, and it's a foggy, somewhat misty day here, and it's it is very atmospheric and um, and so. You're, you're in tune with the, the weather conditions. You're looking for the right thing that will express this. I guess, I mean, I keep coming back to the word melancholy or, but it's, it's not sad. It's really, it's just kind of a, a peaceful connection. It seems like with what's there. And, um, but it, it is heartfelt and you can tell that in the photos. I think that, that, Connection is what it is. It's, it's what in all of my, um, artist statements over the last, you know, 30, 40 years, there's been something about connection. Yes. With it. And this is, is very much about, about being out there and how I move through nature. What my connection is, what I see, what my eye falls upon, and then to bring that out so yeah. that, so that others can see. And, you know, I'd really like, I mean, I I love it when people respond to the work, but I love it when they tell me I got my camera out after seeing your pictures, oh. or I went out in the woods, or this is what it's like for me when I'm right, out in right. the woods. So you're inspiring other people to see differently, and yeah, I think that yeah. that is a great compliment to you. And you know, I can definitely see how uh, it you know it it causes people to look more closely. Um, some of the most recent work, I guess, that you've been doing also includes other aspects that are imply um, human presence. Yes, they. Um, that's been coming out in in some of the pieces. Like there be a just a shadow of a hand on a, a tree that mm-hmm. just makes it um, reminiscent of archaeology. I think, or just, yeah. or just more more ancient worlds. Mm-hmm. When I was weaving, and I would be weaving with um, pieces of the woods in it, like putting birch bark in, oh. or, or twigs, or uh, things like that. And then I thought, and then some of them, of course, don't work out. And I thought, what if I just take this, though, and I return the birch bark to the woods in the form of a weaving, and just have it, just oh. let it hang. Yeah. How could it interact with the lines and shapes and spaces of of the woods that that inspired it, yeah, so I was yeah. returning the the item back to its inspiration, and and um, I did a I did a series that way. I worked all one one summer on that. It was very yeah, exciting yeah. to go <laughs> back and forth to the woods. Yes, and, yeah, and, and and some of them I just are very much in integrated with that. Mm-hmm. Hard to even see that they're there, yeah. and on first glance. Yeah. And the and one one you just showed me last night has a aluminum ladder leaning on a tree and. It is one of my favorites that you've done. And, and, you know, 
in a way, it's an intrusion. You know, this is beautiful wood landscape, and there's this, you know, hardware store ladder leaning on the tree, and it's kind of gleaming, you know, and, um, and yet it's also, it's so beautiful. It's, it's the duality. It's the contrast of, uh, the human presence. And, and I think there's an implication that whoever has the ladder there is doing something respectful. It doesn't feel like they're about to cut down the tree. It seems like some sort of a maintenance or something caretaking. And, um, I just, there's something about that image that's really striking. It's, um, my husband works in the woods a lot, improving, you know, trimming trees or trimming things that are leaning over on another, mm-hmm. another tree. And the ladder was up there because he, I, he, I don't think he had fixed that tree, but he had worked on another one and he was just, the ladder was there for him to go onward to whatever the next little job in the yeah. woods was. And I remember seeing it there and I liked it. And at first I was disappointed that, oh, it's not the wood ladder. It's that ladder. That would be ladder. more rustic or but something. But actually, yeah, after, when I was working with it, I realized if it was wood, it wouldn't have stood out. It would have just been right. this, this linear mm-hmm. wood there. And so this pointed out the difference with, yeah. with the, with all the, the forest floor around it. But it does, um, talk about the, the caretaking that our right. woods has. It's very much a, a, a people woods that's being cultivated to be a healthy woods. Uh-huh. And there are paths and trails all the way through it and little bridges over. This is, and this is your property up, up this, north. This is yeah. our, this is our, our home. Yes. Yeah. Home, yeah. home ter- territory. Yes. And it's my, my husband's work is, Taking care of that and making our firewood and yeah, yeah and and I get to go all over all over it. If I say I need to get, I want to get back and be able to see this area here. I'd like a path from here to here. He says no problem, no problem. <laughs> and the next day there's a path and wow. we go on it and it opens up all new things. To and you see. found you found so many things in that woods. And the vernal ponds was another series where these ponds that appear in the spring and. It's just, you know it so well. You're so intimate with that one piece of land. And I think that intimacy really comes through in your and work. And those ponds, there are things that I, I now every year, every spring, I go look for the ponds yeah, yeah. And, and photograph them. It'll be different every year. And I, I think this whole, whole topic is, it's a very interesting counter, counterpoint to several other podcasts where, like I said, I talk about, oh, I, I go to Spain or Ireland or something and I get all this, inspiration. And, you know, I almost feel like I need this to feed my work. And I think it's such a great counterpoint because it's, it has always been a little bit of a, you know, an issue in my own mind, like, um, why is it I have to go to these other places, you know? So here, here you are a wonderful example of of finding it really in your own backyard. So, um, so um, I think, um, you know, that's, it, it's been really interesting hearing about this uh, journey and the way things interweave through your life. And that, uh, it's been really interesting seeing how these, these things, these themes and ideas and visual elements have reoccurred throughout your life. Um, do you have any, any final thoughts that you'd like to leave people with? Um, just that I see it all as a, a spot, a spy, spiral. Film um, form that that it has been, and my earliest interest that when I I learned to um, um, to photograph and to weave, you know, in my teens and twenties, and now I've come back to it again. But I am in a totally different place, oh. and those fields are totally different. Yes, that I can enter into them just. 
wholeheartedly. It's a much better match than it was the first time. I can go so much yeah, further you, with it because of everything that's happened in your, between. All your experience yeah. and your life and everything into it. So, well, thank you so much, Sally. It's really been interesting. Well, thank you, Rebecca. Right. Bye, everyone. Well, that about wraps up this episode of The Messy Studio. You can find The Messy Studio on Facebook, as well as public profiles for both Rebecca Kroll and myself, Ross Tickner. Make sure to check out squeegeepress.com and www.rebeccacroll.com and sign up for the email list to stay up to date on events, book signings, and openings. Please subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, TuneIn, or Stitcher, and leave us a rating and a review. Remember to share the show with friends and family and anyone who you think will enjoy it. Thanks for listening. We'll be back again next week with more art and entertainment. In the meantime, embrace your creative space, messy or otherwise. <laughs>